presence. We thank you for your word that that stands forever. And we just praise you because this morning people are going to arise. They are going to arise and they are going to shine. And I thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. So I pray this morning, God, as we minister, as we as we just speak uh, from your word, that people would get ignited, that hearts would be ignited in Jesus name. Hey, you guys, I'm so excited to be with you. It's going to be so fun. Uh, let's do it. OK, so I'm going to jump right into Isaiah 60 and we want to welcome everybody that's coming on. Hey, Holly, good to see you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 60. Okay, here we go. Uh, Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Come on. Whose light? Your light. What? Yeah, we're, we're jumping right in. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And as I said before, it is time for us to arise. You know, uh, there's never been a time like this, at least in my existence, uh, 36 years old, so years young, praise God, 36 years young, yes. Um, but there's never been a time like this before. The only other thing that I can remember that came close to this, but I mean, it was super small compared to what we're going through globally. You know, locally in 1998, we had an ice storm that we went through that caused, you know, damage and power went out and there were various different things that went on. Um, but it was nothing kind of compared to the global uh, pandemic that we're in right now. So we're in a time right now where a lot of people are experiencing darkness. They're experiencing hope deferred. Uh, but I'm declaring this morning that as you hear this word, you're going to come out of that place of hope deferred. What, what does hope deferred mean? It's where your hope has been delayed. And what I feel is going to happen this morning, you guys, as we're ministering and as we're sharing over the word, is our focus is going to shift off of what's happening in front of us in this temporary earthly realm. And, and I don't mean that, you know, we're to ignore our family or we're to, you know, uh, you know just pretend that nothing's going on. But our focus, uh, in, in other words, the place where we place our hope, our affections, where we set our attention and where we set our affection, it's going to shift this morning as we're sharing, okay? So I'm going to jump right into this. Um, so I'm going to read again, Isaiah 61 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people. But, come on, how many love it when God butts in? But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Come on. So what does it mean? What does that even mean? What does it mean to arise? How do we arise? These are all really good questions, you guys. Um, here we go. We arise by allowing the Holy Spirit to rise up in us, right? He is the one that is called the teacher or the spirit of truth who will lead you into all truth, okay? And what does he do? He teaches us to become like Jesus. So we're a people that will walk in love, that will stand for righteousness, and that will demonstrate the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. That's right, you. Demonstrate the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, we've seen so many movies come out in the last while. I don't know about you, um, my sons, my wife, uh, my family. We like superhero movies. They're great. Um, but if you watch superhero movies, this is so exciting, you guys. That is nothing in comparison to what is inside of you. And I want to tell you that you came, you are fully loaded. You have everything you need. When you have Jesus, if you have said yes to Jesus, if you haven't, today could be a good day to do that. But if you've said yes to Jesus, then you have everything that you need inside of you. You are fully loaded. Amen. So we're going to jump in. So yes, I'm going to read that again. When we, when we allow the Holy Spirit to rise up in us and teach us, he teaches us to become like Jesus. We're people that will walk in love, stand for righteousness and demonstrate the supernatural power of the spirit. But here's the thing, you guys. We need to rise together. Like it's it's one thing to see one person um, rise. It's one thing to see one person demonstrate. It's one thing to see one person operate in a gift or 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 you know do something really great for God. But it's time for all of us to arise together because we are better together. Can I get an amen? Come on, we're better together. And so part of rising together is learning how to love, learning how to love. This is so important. We need to learn how to receive God's love and give it away. And we need to demonstrate love toward one another. Okay, so here we go. I told you I was going to jump right in. Come on. Thank you, Sophie. I got one. All right. Do I hear two? Two? No. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, as I said, share the broadcast this is going to be pivotal and uh for this time matthew 22 uh, i'm gonna jump verse 37 uh jesus is uh he's explaining to a friend that was uh, a friend he's explaining to um i believe it, it was it was a conversation after he was talking with scribes and pharisees now he's describing um the the greatest commandments it was a question that was asked to him so check out jesus's answer it's awesome Yes, time for us to rise together. Yes. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Okay, so what does that mean? All of our attention, all of our affection, all of our devotion, body, mind, soul, and spirit, right? All of that together. That's 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 the energy in which we love God with. And, and actually, as we realize more and more um, the great gift that God has given to us, it's not an energy at all. It's a rest. In other words, there's no effort required for us to direct um, direct our, our gaze upon him, right? We enter into this place of rest. At, at first, it's an effort to get to that place of rest. But once you're there, it's rest, okay? So I, I want you to get that this morning. Okay, uh, so he said, "Love you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I have a question for you this morning. Do you love yourself? Because God wants you to love yourself. I'm just saying it's in the Bible. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. Wow. So think about that. Greater than the law. 
the law was beautiful and pure because what it did is it showed us that we could never live up to, uh, we could never do anything to gain God's affection. Jesus came and died for us and gave us uh, the fullness of himself, the fullness of the inheritance that he has in heaven. It's a free gift, right? It's a free gift. And now he's become our righteousness, right? The Bible says he became sin who knew no sin that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I want to say over you, you've said yes to Jesus. You're just as righteous. You're just as holy as Jesus, right? Come on. It's in the Bible. I'm telling you. Every day we need to hear his voice. We need to hear um, this this love that he has for us, this supernatural love. Look at this. Um, when Jesus went to get baptized, the father publicly um, pronounced his love and blessed his son. This is what it says in Mark 1, 11. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Come on. And we have this opportunity, you guys, every single day to hear that same blessing. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. The word there, son, it doesn't partake to, to any gender. It's just uh, when you say yes to Jesus, you become a beloved son, right? You, you actually move from, follow me now, you move from a human species to being a beloved son. Uh, that's how much you're changed. You take on the DNA of your father. You start to you start to look differently. If he's moving inside of you, you start to be transformed from the inside out. He starts to work. He starts to renovate. He starts to bring out these beautiful qualities that he's placed inside of you right from the beginning of time. And you start to rise up. That spirit of God starts to rise up in you. And then you start to shine. Come on. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So we can hear that every day. Well, Ben, how can you say that? You know, I've never heard the Father say that over me. Listen, you guys, we can experience that same love. And the reason why we can is because God is good. And that love is available and accessible for us every day. If you don't believe me, look at the prayer of Jesus. Check this out. In John 17, Jesus is praying, not just for the disciples that are with him, but he's praying for anyone that will ever come and follow him. And so that includes us, you guys. But check this out. It says here, John 17, 20. I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their words. So if you look down and down and down these lines, that's us. We believe and it's trickled down the message of Christ, the message of the gospel, the message of the kingdom. You know, everything that Jesus stood for, everything th that that he lived and demonstrated. Now we we've been. Uh, exposed to it. And that's what we believe, right? So he's praying not only for those that are with him, but all those that will hear through their word, watch this, that they all may be one as father, you are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and watch this and the glory, which you gave me, I have given them. Wow. That they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect 
in one. And here it is. That the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you loved me. There it is. The same love. Jesus wanted us to know the same love that he experienced from his father. The same love. The same level of love. The same degree of love. The same love, you guys, that Jesus experienced from Father God. The endless love. The pleasure. The joy. The delight. He wants us to experience. That is his prayer, you guys. So there's a freedom today to receive the love of the Father. And maybe you've had a bad experience with an earthly father or with parents. What God wants to do is he wants to heal your heart. He wants to bring you into a place of safety. He wants to bring you home in him. He wants to bring you home into his heart. And I'm telling you guys, it is amazing when we start to let go and let God love us. Amen. First John four, uh, verses seven and eight. Here we go. Uh, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not know God, uh, sorry, who does not know, who does not love does not know God. I messed that up. I'm going to read it again. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. See, I've been saying this uh, many weeks now. I've said different things. God is not loving. God is love. He is love personified. That's who he is. He can't help himself. He is love. Just like God is not grace, he's grace. God is not gracious, he is grace. God is not merciful, he is mercy. God is not just full of truth, he is truth. He is the embodiment of all these things. And so what needs to happen is we actually need to allow the Holy Spirit to change our mind. He rises up inside of us and we have a choice whether or not to believe what he says is true. But when we believe what he's now revealed to be true and we turn away from that which we used to know, right? That which we used to limit ourselves to knowledge wise due to this world or experiences. When we actually turn away from that and enter into truth, that is actually what repentance is all about. You guys. All right. So there you go. That was for free. God is good. God is love. And the world will have a hard time receiving love from people that don't love themselves and don't love each other. So this is really something that we need to get. And I've preached this before. You can read um, 1 Corinthians 1.13. And because the Bible says, remember we read in 1 John 4, that God is love. That means we can literally replace the word love in that famous scripture, you know, love is patient, love is kind, you know, that whole passage, you know, it's read at weddings sometimes, 1 Corinthians 1.13, just replace the word love with God, and you'll learn something about the Father. God is patient. God is kind. Wow. And you'll get to understand, you'll get a, a look into his heart, okay? Here we go. Ephesians 4, uh, verses 2 to 4. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. 
Come on. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called into one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and living through all. Come on. Are we grasping the theme this morning? There's a oneness. There is a oneness, you guys. And let me tell you, let me explain this to you. This is a mystery that Paul writes about. He talks about, he actually prays in Ephesians 1. You can read it. He prays, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling. And and, and he goes on saying, you know, that you would know your inheritance. And then he gets to this place where he talks about this mystery, this great mystery. And then he doesn't keep it a secret. He says, the mystery is this Christ in you the hope of glory. So when you say yes to Jesus, Christ himself comes and lives inside of you. And why is that so important? We are going to get there. So just hold on. It's going to be amazing. Amazing, amazing. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. John 13, 34, 35 says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you may also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. They are not going to know that you're disciples of God because you do cool programs. They're not going to know that you're disciples of God because you look good and you wear the right thing and you say the right thing and you make the right decision. It's not about what you do, right? Uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it's the gift of God right so the free gift of God is what has actually set you free your yes your yes allows God to do the rest come on you need to get that this one is a good word your yes gives God the permission to do the rest And that doesn't mean that there's not growing up to do, but it's not an immediate requirement, especially when you're first saying yes to Jesus. And I'm telling you, God is so good that he leads you in this stuff, you guys. And I've I've shared about this before. You can look back and watch uh, Journey with God, where I talk about Psalm 23, which is the process of our life with God. You say yes to Jesus. It's like Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Wow, you made that decision. Now he's leading your life. I shall not want. There's nothing that I'm going to be lacking. He leads me beside, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That sounds like rest to me. He leads me by still waters. Come on, anybody need peace? Anybody need clarity? Anybody need refreshing? He restores my soul. So he's very interested when you've said yes to him in loving on you and making sure he gently loves you and and takes care of you and that you're refreshed and there's wounds that have gone on in your life and in your soul that he wants to love to life. He wants to love you to life. He wants to take care of these things. And then if you notice, it says, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his reputation's sake. 
because he's so good, he's going to show you the way to go. So this is no longer about doing something to please God. It's because I'm in love with God that I trust that he's leading me into goodness. Come on, somebody. Anyways, jumping back into this, we need to embrace the reality that we are family for the sake of the world. They will know we're disciples by love, L-O-V-E, love. That is the distinguishing thing. So we cannot afford, this is just me, this is me loving you, okay? We cannot afford to get tied up and tangled into the things of this world that would create and promote division. We cannot live in a world of polarization where you must choose this or you must choose that. That These things compete for our attention and compete for our affection. And if we attach our feelings, our emotions to uh, 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 whether it's a political thing, whether it's a social thing, anything that we attach ourselves to, we give ourselves to that and now we're not free to, to, uh, to actually have God's perspective because we're invested in something else. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God wants our attention and our affection because he knows the beginning and the end. In the world right now, amongst other human beings, there is no peace in this world. The only hope for the world is the hope that's inside of you, and his name is Jesus. And this morning, we're talking about how you can bring that hope out and share it with other people. But it will not happen if you're entangled in the things of this world if you're led by your emotions we need to be led by the spirit of god romans 8 says this for as many that are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god and that's who you are that is who you are church you are sons of god it's time for us to shine Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says this, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Come on. So God has called us to demonstrate love and mercy. It's who you are. It is who you are. Demonstrate love and mercy. See, a light doesn't necessarily draw attention to itself. Its real purpose is to shine on something else so it can be seen. Come on, I'll say that again. A light doesn't necessarily draw attention to itself. Its real purpose is to shine on something else so that it can be seen. Come on. Romans 8 verse 9 says this, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, and that happens when you say yes to Jesus. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Okay? So that's why there's a decision. And maybe you've grown up in church your entire life. Maybe you've been feeling like you're doing things for God, I'm telling you this morning, all he wants is your yes. He wants your heart. And if you say, yes, Jesus, I'm so tired of doing life my own way. I'm so tired of being the, the God of my own life, making my own decisions. I need you. And I turn to you this morning. I ask that you would come into my life 
I surrender and I want to do life with you from this day forward. If you say that, guess what? He will come and live inside of you and you will have light that is being talked about here. Come on. See, as Christians, we need this in our heart. Micah 6 verse 8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly before your God. So that's our role, right? Our role as sons of God is to love righteousness. What is righteousness? I've explained this before. I'll explain it again. We need to love justice. Justice is this. God is the only one that judges. Come on. And I'll, I'll go into a teaching later on about this because I know a lot of Christians defend their right to judge. But let me tell you, you do not want the responsibility of being the judge. You don't. If you've ever seen uh, this movie, uh, it's writ it, the movie is actually done um, after the book was written. And I don't really care about people's opinion about it. It's called The Shack. If you watch that movie, there's a scene that will absolutely rock you to the core when it comes to judgment. Now, I'm not saying that that is, you know, it should be a template for what's true. All I'm saying is that in the Bible, it says very clearly that the first person that will be judged after you release judgment is you. And that's all in Jesus' teachings. He, he's, he kept saying, you know, first take the plank out of your eye instead of dealing with the speck in someone else's eye. Let me tell you, we need to see one another now as Christ sees us. Come on, that'll preach. I'm telling you guys, 2 Corinthians 5, right? I put up 10, but it, 2 Corinthians 5 says this. Therefore, we are to regard no one according to the flesh. No one according to the flesh. Why? Because God has done a work inside of them. God is not done with the people that you love, okay? Come on, Jesus. Ephesians 5, I love this scripture. The reason why I love it is because it saved my life. And I'll explain a little bit more. Uh, Ephesians 5 verses 8 to 11. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Did you get that? You were once in darkness, but when you say yes to Jesus, now you are light. Wow, come on. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, right? That's very uh, similar to what we just quoted in Micah. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Well, we just heard, because that's what was in the scripture. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Uh-oh. This doesn't sound loving to expose darkness. This is the very verse, you guys, that people have used out of context. You know what this verse actually means? This verse actually means allow the love of God to so fill you that you start to get flooded with light and you see the lies that you've believed that have kept you in a place of silence, that have contained you, that have controlled you, that have disqualified you, and in 
turn, you've come into agreement and you've disqualified yourself. All of these things, they, they need to be exposed by the light of his love, the light of the spirit. Let that come in that you may be free. That's why the verses afterwards say, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will shine on you. It's about you coming alive into the reality of the calling that God has given to you. You are called to arise. You are called to shine. And as his love comes and, and, and shines brightly in you, the real you starts to be illuminated, you guys. Come on, this is good. You guys should share this this morning. This is setting some people free. I can already tell. See, this is what happens. We usually hide our garbage. We keep it to ourselves. But let me tell you, when you come to Jesus, you can bring all of your junk. You can bring all of your past. You can take the skeletons out of the closet, drag them out and bring them to the foot of the cross because everything that comes into the light gets enveloped by light. And Jesus, when you bring all of that stuff to him, that's the sweetest gift that you could ever bring to him. Listen, when the lady came and she broke that alabaster box, some people talked about that lady as being a prostitute and maybe gaining that that fragrance in a way that would be unlawful or sinful. But listen, she came and she broke it before God. She poured it out and she used her hair to wash his feet. Listen, there's a sweet fragrance that gets released when you bring your brokenness, when you bring your past, when you bring all of the stuff that you would deem junk. God turns it all around. Come on. He turns your mourning into dancing. He turns your sorrow into joy. He gives you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And all of a sudden you start to walk out of the place that you've been contained. And you start to become like him. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Ephesians 19 <laughs> to 21. This is what happens. This is how we start to uh, relate to one another, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Come on. See, with the Holy Spirit comes the ability to bear godly fruit. All you need to do is be tapped into the source. Come on, it's the branch life. I'm going to get to that in just a little bit, but a branch does nothing in and of itself other than remain connected to the tree in order to receive the sap and for the fruit to come. And that is what you have been called to. Come on, Matthew 6, 22. So good. Yeah, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. So if you're, if you're seeing something um, that is not beneficial to your spiritual diet, it can, it can greatly affect um, the truth inside of you. That's why we need to be, we need to give ourselves only to Jesus, our, our attention, our affection, all of our heart to him, right? Or this verse can also mean if, you believe that everything that's currently going on in your life is good, but God comes to you and says, hey, listen, I want that part of you too. 
and there's something inside of you that that needs to to come to me and be illuminated so you can see that maybe you're not believing rightly that's what god will do and the bible says that god educates those whom he loves so he points out things in our heart and in our life that can keep us from the benefit of experiencing his love so here we go the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light, right? If you believe the truth and the truth is in you, uh, the truth will set you free. You've heard this. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is actually darkness, how great is that darkness? So if you believe that there's actually nothing wrong when... God comes and gently points out something. If you were to believe that that which he's calling bad for you, you believe is actually good for you, then you're in deep darkness. You're actually in, in deep deception. And so what needs to happen is you just surrender to God is what I'm saying. Surrender to God. Maybe even right now as I'm speaking this morning, God is, is putting his finger gently on these things. Remember, it's the light of God that, that wants to flood you. And light and truth are the same. So the light will come on and you will see, oh, I don't want that there. What is that? That's a box of junk. God, you could take this. Oh my goodness, what's this? Oh God, you can have this too. Oh my goodness, what's God, I'm so sorry. Oh my, I, I didn't see it like this before. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He starts to reveal. Come on, I can feel it right now. He starts to reveal things to you that you've never seen before. And you start to give these things to him and then they get swallowed by light and become light and you become one that walks in righteousness and truth. Come on, somebody. And as you do that, you turn away from that old behavior. You walk into the plans that God has prepared for you even before the world began and you start to grow up. Who are you growing up into? Jesus in the earth. Come on. So good. Now we, I want to talk about the glory. See, the glory is the very person of Jesus. It's who he is. You know, Moses prayed this prayer, God, show me your glory. And he had this experience where the goodness of God passed before him. He had this amazing encounter. But let me tell you, you have something greater than Moses. You have the fullness of Christ inside of you. Watch this. Come on. I'm going to share this again out of John 17, but I'm just going to go to one of the particular parts of the verses because I've already read this. I'll read it again. John 17 says this, I don't pray only for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And this is the verse I want to highlight. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. The glory. What glory? The same glory. Come on. He said the same love and the same glory. What? It's amazing. I'm telling you what has been made available to us because of Jesus is extraordinary and everything that you will ever need in your life. It is almost too good to be true. And that's what it is. The word of God is so good. The gospel is such good news that it's not 
not just you get your life right, you know, short list of things that you that you can do, long list of things that you can't do. It's not about that. It's about when you surrender to Jesus, the benefits of his life, they start to come alive in you. And the world needs this, you guys. The world needs you to rise up and be like Jesus in the earth. The world is waiting. The Bible says in Romans that all of creation is waiting for for the for the the revealing of the sons of God and that's who you are you've been taken out of a place of darkness and you've been brought into a place of light you have transcended from simple human being into son of God you the bible says this second corinthians 5:17 therefore if anyone is in Christ they are a new creation the old has passed away and all things have become new someone's got to type i have become new come on thank you jesus how we doing you guys good come on hebrews 1 verses 1 to 3 says this long ago as uh, long ago at many times and in many ways god spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these days he has spoken to us by his son come on whom he appointed the heir of all things heir that means you share you share with the heir. Okay, there you go. Um, of all things, through whom also he created the world. So he's bragging on Jesus. This is the father bragging on Jesus right now. Okay. And it clearly says that Jesus is the one that created the world. Watch this now. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Come on. So try and understand this. It's hard to understand. But if Jesus is the radiance of the Father, and if he is the exact imprint, you know, imprints, uh, fingerprints are so unique, you guys. I mean, that's why we're using them on our, our phones, I guess, and, and various different security devices, because each and every one of them are unique. Uh, when it talks about the uniqueness in Scripture, set apart and unlike any other, that is holiness. That's a definition of holiness. So Jesus, being the radiance of his Father, it says right here that he is the exact imprint, right, or the unique expression of the Father's nature. That's the glory. And that's what he prayed would be in you. That's the glory that he's given you. Let me read it again. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. That's who you really are. That's what's inside of you. That's Christ in you. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And Ephesians talks about us sitting right with you guys. His glory is in person. And as we recognize that he lives in us, that glory starts to transform us from the inside out. Amen? So how do we live in this glory? Come on, we're about to land the plane. Come on. How do we live in this glory? We live in the glory by remaining in the place of dependency and intimacy with God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, 
for theirs is the kingdom of God. Come on. To be poor in spirit. It's like a word picture of a beggar that's, that cowls over like this, begging for, begging for coins. They're acutely aware of their position of neediness. They are extremely aware of their situation. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. To be like, God, I can't do anything without you. I know that in my flesh I am powerless, but God, I need you. And once we, once we position ourselves, remember... You know, love justice, walk humbly, love mercy. And once we position ourselves like that, God comes and he lifts up our head and he says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he starts to do a work in you. And Holy Spirit comes and takes you and says, here, let me show you what the father is like. Because once you know what he's like, you know what you can become like. Because Jesus said, I and the father are one. As you grow up, you're growing up into who Christ is. Let me tell you, guys, this is such an important message for you to understand. You may need to hear this again or maybe twice over, uh, but there's so much richness in here. And I felt so um, strongly in my spirit this morning that we needed to talk about identity. We needed to talk about love because we're getting to a time in history right now where the world really needs Jesus. And he's here. He's not far off in heaven. He's in you and we just need to learn how to live in that place of surrender and let him live his life through us and you'll see your families transformed. You'll see your friends transformed. You'll see your life, your marriages, your relationships transformed because he's that good. Amen. Come on. John 15 verses 1 to 12. This is it. The branch life that I talked about before. Okay. I am the true vine, verse 1, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. Wow. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Another word for that is abide in me. And other versions talk about you being woven in. You've been woven in and made one. You've been grafted in and, and you are connected. You are hardwire connected, right? Uh, Christianity at times has, people have embraced this Wi-Fi mentality about Christianity that, you know, sometimes the signal is good. Sometimes the signal is bad. Come on, somebody. This is good. You know, we believe, you know, well, based on what I've done or what I've not done, how I've performed, and we have our list of right and wrongs it's the wrong tree that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is the tree that that helps us to try and justify why or why not god should not love us why or why not god should not bless us let me tell you it is time to stop eating from the wrong tree of what we think is good and what we think is evil i'm telling you even if you think it's good it can be evil the only thing is you may see you know the 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 consequences of it later on in life if you eat of just what's good, God's taking you out of that system. You don't have to live there, you guys. 
You don't have to live there. You know, it's not a Wi-Fi relationship with God where, oh, sometimes the connection's strong, sometimes it's not. No, you have been hardwired in. You have been grafted in. Now you are one with him. And all you need to do to abide is to continue to say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And I want to walk with you. Come on. Verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. How much work does a branch have to do to receive sap? Come on. That's the, that's the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Fruit starts to be produced in your life. As you listen to the Holy Spirit, right thinking comes, truth comes, and then fruit comes. So don't worry about the fruit. Only worry. The Bible says, strive that you may enter into rest. What does rest look like? The branch. Come on. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire to be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Remember, we talked about if they see love, they'll see that we're his disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. There we go. It's the same love. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. Wow. The same love, the same glory, the same joy. Come on. Love each other as I have loved you. Come on, Jesus. What kind of fruit are we talking about here? Come on, Galatians 5, 22 to 25. Uh, I'm landing the plane, I told you guys. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Come on. There are tremendous promises that come as a result of living this way. And I want to rewind us all the way to the beginning when I was speaking about Isaiah 60. There are tremendous promises. Then you know there's only one verse in Isaiah 60 that talks about darkness. The rest are promises, blessing, and, and things that are spoken over you. So I want us to turn all the way back to the first scripture I looked at, Isaiah 60. And we're going to go right here to verse three, okay? Here we go. Remember, uh, it says in the beginning, it says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse two, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and the deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Here we go. 
and all nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. What radiance? The same glory that Hebrews talked about, right? The same expressed image, the same glory. They're going to see it in you. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine, and your heart will thrill with joy. Remember, when Paul met Jesus, <clears throat> it says that scales fell from his eyes and he was able to see. He was illuminated. He was full of truth. This is what it says. Isaiah 60 verse 5, your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy for merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring to you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian and Ephah, the people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. Listen, when you walk in the glory, all of the resources come to you everything that's needed to complete your mission in the earth to love God to do what he's called you to do to walk in the works that he's given all the resources come that's why the Bible says seek first the kingdom and his righteousness this is what we've been talking about the whole time and then all these things will be added unto you what are all these things everything you need he taught us to pray. Matthew 6, give us this day our daily bread. What is that? It's like the manna. Manna, what is it? It's whatever you need today in order to accomplish that which he's called you to do. He has a book that has everything that you're to do. And he puts his finger on the page of that book. When you pray, God, give me this day my daily bread. Release to me, God. Lord, give me everything I need. The patience, you know, the love, the kindness, the grace. God, the gifts that I need, give me the supernatural favor. Give me the resources so that this day can be a success in you. Come on. See, the nations are coming. I can tell you this, the nations are coming. Those of you that are watching this morning, I'm telling you, there's a favor. There, there's, a, there's a shining. There's a radiance of the glory of God rising up in you. You are starting to become just like your father. Come on. The nations are coming. I'm prophesying sons and daughters are coming back home. Families will be restored. Wealth and resources will start to, to come even um, from outside. Financial kingdom strategies. You know, different things are coming upon you. Why? Because it's time to arise. It's time to shine. It's time to become the person that God created you to be. Come on, I'm going to keep going. Though you were once despised, verse 15, and hated with no one traveling through you, I will make you you beautiful forever a joy to all generations powerful kings and mighty nations will satisfy your every need as though you were a child nursing at the breast of a queen you will know that at last i the lord am your savior and your redeemer the mighty one of israel come on i will exchange your bronze for gold your iron for silver your wood for bronze and your stones for iron i will make peace uh, I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Violence will disappear from your land. The desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls. And praise will be on your lips. Uh, praise will be on the lips of all that enter there. Just receive this. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and, God, and your God will be your glory. Your 
sun will never set. Your moon will never go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. For I will plant them uh, there with my own hands in order in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation at the right time. I, the Lord, will make it happen. Come on, somebody. It is time to arise. If that does not get you fired up, I need to lay hands on you so you're raised from the dead. I'm telling you, uh, you need to be excited about what God is doing in you. This is our moment to shine. This is our moment to arise. How do we do that? By allowing the Holy Spirit to rise upon us, uh, just surrendering to that process where he starts to do his good work in you. You start to concentrate on him all of your attention, all of your affection, and he starts to work in you so that you may become the fullness of who you have been called to be, to be an heir of Christ, one who is loved just like Christ, that carries the same glory as Christ, that carries the, the same joy, the fruits of the Spirit, just abundant, popping, exploding out of your life, other people benefiting from those fruits. It's who you are. You are a beloved son, and he is pleased with you. And it is time, church, for us us to rise together. I'm telling you, before we saw it come upon individuals and they rose, you know, to a place of notoriety, and that was awesome. But what God wants to do is He wants to bring all of us into this place of oneness. Now we've been made one through God. He's done this supernaturally. But now, as we say yes to Him, we enter into the fullness of His plan. And He needs everyone. He needs you. He needs you to arise. He needs you to shine and all you need to do is say yes and then he'll do the rest. Now we need to be obedient when he points out things in our life that need changing. We need to be obedient in our life when, you know, there's something that's there that's that's not been yet revealed by the light. We need to bring it into the light so that we can be set free. But his purpose is that we would grow up to be like Christ in the earth.